Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Do you send money internationally? With globalization taking place among businesses all over the world, it's not that surprising that the need to send money around the world is becoming much more common. And it's no longer the difficult, expensive thing it used to be, especially when you use TransferWise. Why should you use TransferWise? Three syllables, exchange rate. When you send money abroad with most providers, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate, they mark it up. Remember, if the rates pretend, you must not send. TransferWise is different. They use a clever new technology, so you always get the real rate when you convert between currencies. It lets you convert and send money quickly and seamlessly between over 70 currencies. You pay only one small upfront fee and more of your money makes it to the other side. That's why The Economist says TransferWise takes a machete to the hefty fees other services charge. But you don't need to take their word for it. More than 4 million people are already saving. Sign up at transferwise.com yoga to test it out for free or download the app. TransferWise even has a multi-currency account that lets you hold over 40 currencies and convert them whenever you like. So try it out for free at transferwise.com yoga or download the app. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am so very unbelievably excited to introduce this week's guest on the show. She's a two-times Academy Award-winning actress, entrepreneur, activist, animal lover, and also happens to be one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. Welcome to the show, Hilary Swank! (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I have to share with you that when I started Instagram, I, you know, I didn't know how to navigate the waters at all. You're one of the very first people that popped up that was suggested that I follow. And what's interesting about it is that I don't, I don't practice yoga myself. I'm very workout oriented. I did sports my whole life and I'm very into being physical. But what really drew me to you is your, your transparency and I so admired that you were so brave and so courageous, especially in the world that we're living in now, to share 
I, I feel all the way to your marrow. I, I feel like a lot of people share, but they don't share as unabashedly as you. And I just, I would sit there sometimes and it actually, I would get emotional with you and I would so relate to things that you were saying. And I feel like I know you, even though we'd never spoke. And I think that that's really, really rare. And I'm sure so many people say this about you and share this with you, but I just hope you really take it to heart and understand what a gift this is to not only the, 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 the community of women that follow you, but of course, men and any, any, anyone that gets blessed with the ability to, to see and experience your gift. You're you're almost making me cry over here. <laughs> Thank you. That that means that means a lot. It's not easy. I mean, I have to I have to admit I have a really hard time finding that balance of of sharing what's real and then sometimes I feel pressure to share like I have to share something every day and it doesn't always come off real and then I end up not sharing and how how has that been for you that experience of of you know living online in a little bit in a little way? Well, it's a good question. I mean, for you, you, I mean, I don't know your past, so I'm just assuming that you became well-known via your social media, you know, and for me, I've been an actor since I was really 15. And so all of a sudden, you know, I was famous and then I, and then there's this thing called Instagram and this whole world we traverse through the social media. And I just don't like doing anything that doesn't feel authentic just because I feel like, well, let me just take you back in the beginning, growing up kind of so young in the limelight, I felt like I had to be perfect because I just thought, how can you be a role model and not be perfect? I didn't understand. And it put a lot of pressure, I think, on me. Then I realized, wait a minute, no one's perfect. And it's really important that we share with one another how we navigate the waters of imperfection and the mistakes that we make and how we pick ourselves back up. And so I started realizing the importance of that, the important, and that feels really vulnerable, right? Because through our mistakes, we're learning and we don't have the answers and to go out into the world in that way and not really know what your safety net is through those mistakes, it feels scary. So, but I just, to the long the, or the short now of, of getting to answering your question is that I don't always want to show the shiny and I do the best that I can. I'm also, I'm private. I'm a private person and I'm not, you know, so good at really letting people in on, on a lot of things, but like navigating the waters with my father and that I took three years off to while he got a lung transplant and I was his sole health advocate. And I really opened up about that with my dad's permission. And I know that that is helpful to a lot of people. Like I was saying, you being open about what you're going through. It's, there's people that are experiencing that. And I didn't know how to walk through that. And I needed to rely on a lot of people to help guide me. And I'm hoping now that I've been through that, that I can be that guide for other people by sharing in little ways, even if it's like the post I did yesterday, having waffles with my dad and people saw my dad smiling now and they can see that he's come out the other side and that he's healthy. But it took three arduous, scary years to get there. So I'm not even sure if I'm I answering that your question. Post. Yeah, no, I saw that post. He seems like the sweetest, sweetest man. But I, I find it so fascinating that we all we get so caught up in this illusion of perfect. I think no matter which side 
you know, which side we stand on, if we're receiving inspiration or we're in a place where people are feeling inspired by us. And on a very different scale, I kind of had that just when I first got into social media and people started following along and I thought, oh, I'm going to be the most perfect yoga teacher in the whole world. <laughs> and that's how people are going to be inspired mm. by me, by my perfect poses. And I'm going to, you know, share all the perfect descriptions and all these things. And of, of course, that was not nearly as inspiring as sharing a really real piece of my of my soul but it took it took a while to get there and how do you find that now because i mean it must be a big change also i imagine being in the public eye through your work and then entering the social media space where you can kind of show a version of you 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 know do you do you enjoy yeah. that piece just i think it took me getting to a place of being okay with my messiness in order to share in a way that I had to I like let go of, well, you're never going to please everyone. And it's so cliche, but it's cliche for a reason, right? We're never going to please everyone. And there's always going to be naysayers. And it's so easy to naysay when you're not looking at someone, when you're not really looking into their soul, into their eyes. And there's you know, people say things sometimes. I mean, for the most part, I'm my fans are so incredible and they're so supportive and they're so kind and really generous. And then there's every once in a while because, you know, you can hit hot topic buttons that really fire people up and then people can say really mean, mean things. And I I never try and go hit back with anything that's below the belt. Like I always try and say, you know, I can see that what I'm speaking about has made you angry and it's really pushed a button for you. I'm sorry that it makes you lash out at the people that are writing here or at me, you know, but I, cause I do like to comment back every once in a while. I do want people to know that I see them and I, and I hear them and I like having a healthy debate. I feel like we're grownups and we can do hard things. So having a healthy debate is always great, but there are some times when I have to turn off the commenting on my posts because people are being too angry with one another. And that makes me sad because I feel like it defies the whole point of sharing. Anyway, I, 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 I just, it's not my whole world, right? I don't, it's, it's a part of it and sharing and learning from one another, but it's not like, you know, I don't post every day and sometimes I only post twice a week. I always try and hit my Monday mantra and, but it's already, it's Monday and I'm halfway through the day and I haven't even been able to to, to get to that. And I always have my fitness Friday because that's super important to me. And, you know, yeah. finding balance is so I important. I think you do think. a great job. I mean, honestly, honestly, I think you have a, it looks like you have a really good balance, but also you, I mean, I'm sure you, you get this, I'm sure you get this all the time, but you seem, I mean, both through your, through your work and also through your social media feed, you seem like such a down to earth person. <laughs> I mean, as, as everyone I've spoken to when I've said, oh, God, I'm going to have Hillary on the show. And they're like, oh, she seems like the coolest, oh, like the person you can just like have a glass of wine with. And I want to kind of share that, like I, I was telling my husband, so when I saw that you were following me on Instagram and we're huge fans, uh, and he said, you know, what if you could get her on the show and you could talk about animals and it seems like you have a lot in common, maybe ask Rob, who is my agent who lives in LA, he said, maybe they, maybe the agency represents her where we work with WME there. So I wrote my agent and I said, you know what? Like, I'm such a fan of Hillary and she follows me. And he said, we don't represent her, but why don't you just direct message her? 
And I went, you can't just direct message Hillary Swank. Like, that's not possible. There's no way she reads her direct messages. She probably has a whole staff of, you know, there's no way ever she's going to write me back. And then I wrote you and like 10 minutes later, you're like, hey, yeah, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was I like, like this. Hey, yeah, <laughs> cool. I wasn't like, hey, yeah, cool. I was so excited that you reached out to me. And, you know, for all the reasons why I told you above and I mean earlier. And so I'm, I love that you 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 direct messaged me and just got a hold of me and it, it speaks volumes of you too that you are willing to put yourself out there and reach out yourself and a little sidebar WME does represent me they do oh my god that means he didn't even check that your agent doesn't know that <laughs> that means he didn't even check he was like no I don't think so but why don't you just call her or like text her <laughs> that's so funny oh my god that's funny oh this is the best I love it do you have any mm-hmm. you know how how do you stay so down to earth? How do you stay grounded? Do you have any, you know, self-care things or practices that you do every day to help keep your feet on the ground? I do. I'm first of all, my family is just salt of the earth. They're just such great Midwestern folks and they just raised me in a way that is, you know, we're all one people and we treat everyone the way we want to be treated and it's such a simple rule to live by, but it's it's just the way I was raised. And so I don't see it any other way. But I do do certain practices. I meditate and meditation used to be harder for me because it was so hard to quiet my mind. But like anything with practice, as you know, with your yoga practice, the more you do it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't, you you know, that it's always relaxing or always you know, exciting to jump into. But now my meditation practice is so wonderful that it feels like a vacation. And I really look forward to it. I, you know, in the beginning, when I was in my teens, I would fall asleep when I was doing it, or I would like race to do it like, oh, hurry up, I got to go in the corner in 20 minutes, and I got to get through it. It was just one of those things to kind of check off my, my list. But now it's something that I just really relish in and appreciate and really love. And my meditations have just gone so deep. Like I said, it feels like I'm in a vacation and I get out and I'm like, whoa, that was, I'm all calm again. And it's just, it reinforces every, the way I want to walk through my life and how I want to handle things in just a a quieter state um, so that I can be more present and enjoy all the things that I I do love. How did you get started? I mean, I I didn't know that at such a young age. How were were you introduced to meditation for the first time? Well, I tried some few different ones um, when I was, I think, like 17. I tried earlier, but when I was 17, I did TM, Transcendental Meditation, and it didn't it doesn't work for me. And I, you know, again, here, there's probably a lot of people listening. They're like, oh my God, I love it. It works for me. And I'm not putting it down in any way. It's just that everyone has, it's a reminder that everyone has to find their own way of what works for them. Because I have a lot of people in my life that do TM and they swear by it. And it just didn't work for me because my brain works in a way, for instance, like uh, when I'm sleeping, songs wake me up and I can't get the the chorus part out of my head, it plays on like a, a, a loop. And so I know my brain's sp- speeding up and I know that if I, if it's speeding up like that, I go through things quickly and I, I, my, I'm I just have that a person too. like the, the chorus yeah, thing. I was just going to say yeah. like you, you're, you're, you're like, you're, you're a go-getter and you're an action and you put into action what you want in your life. And I'm like that. I'm a Leo and I'm a, I go after it and I'm nonstop from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. I am like 
I'm like a kid. I have so much energy. And so even more reason for me to slow down. And so for me, TM saying a mantra over and over and over and over and over, I felt like I was, and I don't take drugs, but I felt like I was taking drugs. I felt like I sped up even more saying that word. So I just kept trying different meditations. People were like, oh, you can do open-eyed meditation where you just look at the trees and you know, that's nice and everything, but it just, it, it just all of a sudden what clicked for me was just sitting down and I start by come by, by listing three things that I'm super grateful for. And there's so much to be grateful for. And I, in that space of really thinking about the gratitude that I have for those three things, that slows me down and it puts me in a, in a nice place in my belly. You know what I mean? You know, when you, when you like, mm-hmm. whatever it is for you, when you see a puppy or when you, I don't know, see, smell a baby or, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel good inside, that gratefulness makes me feel so good. And then from that place, I just sit in that goodness and I just breathe. And of course, things come up and I just, I'm aware that they come up and then I just, I I go back to the things I'm grateful for. And then that puts me, a lot of people go back to their breath and that works well too. But I just kind of go back to being grateful and, and, and then it, I, you can start, even if it's five minutes, it's better than nothing, you know, cause a lot of people say, oh, I can't do 20 minutes. We'll try five, you know, and then build up. And you usually I set my, my, my little clock, my chimes for, um, 21 minutes and they, I usually write before it goes off, open my eyes. Hmm. You just put me in that good the good place in my belly just by, by, by listening to you. <laughs> you would make a really good meditation teacher. I, I think gratitude, it's such oh, a, thanks. it's such a simple thing, but it's so life changing. I mean, and I feel like we, I talk about it on the show all the time, but it's one of those things that it's impossible to complain while being grateful. You know, do you have moments where, where it's hard to tap into that place or where it's harder to, yeah, to access, or is it always easy every day? It's a really good question. And you're right. When you're in a a real place of gratitude and you're not just, you know, when you were a kid and you, or even as an adult, I mean, sometimes and you have a fight with someone you love and you, and, and you, you know, you need to apologize and you know, you were wrong and you're like, I'm sorry, but you don't really feel it. But when you really get into a place of like, you know what, I'm really, I, I'm follow, I, I follow my sword. I'm really, I'm sorry. And, and you feel that place, you get that feeling, that happy feeling in your belly again, because you know, you mean it, you know, it's genuine. So I I have to get, if I'm so sped up and I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, oh, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful that the sun feels good on my body. And I'm like, no, no, Hillary, you're not feeling this. So I have to really sit with that feeling of what it means to be able to get up out of a chair and walk on healthy legs and take a big, deep breath with your lungs and, you know, feel grateful that you can move your body, like really get into that place. If you can't get there by just saying, wow, I feel great for my health, like go into the specifics of what that gratitude actually is. And without a doubt, I fall into that happy place in my belly. And then my meditation starts pure. Hmm. 
That's a, that's a really, really, really good tip. And it is true. It's true, especially if you have a, a gratitude journal or a gratitude list. Uh, I sometimes do that in the morning. Like, okay, I'm grateful for and I'll list it. Like, my house, my coffee, my baby. And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's let's get back to the real, yeah. real, real stuff. Because and you it know has what? It can be the place. simplest. It, exactly. It can be really the simplest things. It's like, you know, sometimes it's just... I look over and my dog is looking right into my soul and I'm, I just can feel our souls connecting and it brings me such gratitude, you know, just, or it can be walking and feeling the grass under your feet and that you have the ability to sense and feel that and remind yourself that you're alive. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I love to eat. And while my husband is a really great vegan chef, living on the island of Aruba, sometimes it's difficult to get all the nutrients I need in my diet. To make sure I fill all the gaps, I take a multivitamin. Enter Ritual, the obsessively researched vitamin for women. Ritual's essentials have the nutrients most of us don't get enough of from food, all in their clean, absorbable forms. No shady additives or ingredients that can do more harm to your body than good. Two easy-to-take capsules provide nine nutrients you need to support a strong foundation for your health. You can take them every morning with breakfast. Ritual is the multivitamin reimagined. From D3 to omega-3, Ritual's essential for women helps fill gaps in a woman's diet. Their no-nausea capsule design is gentle even on an empty stomach and there's a mint tab in every bottle to keep things fresh so you don't get that fishy aftertaste common with most omega-3s. On top of that, Ritual is traceable and transparent in more ways than one. The super cool oil in beadlet design is completely see-through. And for obsessive label readers like myself, all of Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients and all their sources are 100% out there for the whole world to see on their website. For your added convenience, Ritual is subscription-based. For $1 a day, Ritual is delivered right to your door, no strings attached. Keep on top of your health and start a new Ritual. Better health doesn't happen overnight, and right now Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash yogagirl to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash yogagirl. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. 
Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. I'm smiling right now. <laughs> like someone needs to make an audio meditation with you. <laughs> Record oh, a gratitude Well, you meditation. are right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. People will come back to this again and again. I have a feeling. But speaking of, you know, slowing down, being that go, go, go person. And I feel like you are on a really high level. And, and I am too. And I'm, the past year for me was a big, this whole past year was a huge, massive challenge in realizing I really do have a hard time slowing down. Sometimes even in my meditation practice or on the yoga mat or even immersed doing something with my daughter, I my brain can spin totally out of control. And last year was a year for me where I had a super hard time to, to get to a place of feeling grounded and here and now. Aside from meditation, do you have anything else you do to help you get to that place of, of being slower? Well, I really struggled for a while because my biggest fear was not fulfilling my purpose. And I used to look at time as almost an enemy. And I thought the days are flying by and, and oh my gosh, I'm now 40. And if I, I'm like almost halfway through my life and, uh, you know, my body's going to get older and I, there's all this stuff I want to do. And, you know, so I would spin out like that too. And, and then I started realizing that, you know, time is really our friend when we allow ourselves to reflect on all that we're gaining with knowledge and, experience. And once I was able to really sit with that and know that everything is unfolding as it should, and I think it really took my 40s, because now I'm 44, it really took my 40s to give me the gift of being so uber present because the time is flying that I realized that slowing down allowed me to have that aha moment. And so for me, really taking a week if I need it, you know, to to just stop, get off of my phone, open a book, having a relationship with the characters in a book and really being with them puts me in the moment and just, you know, being in the sun or napping, but that's all felt really decadent to me and I never was good at it. And I also didn't know how to be the leader in my life when I have all these people that I've asked to work hard with me to take a break and know that in the week that I was resting, they were working. I thought I was being a bad boss or, you know, and I, and I really had to work with that. It sounds so silly, but it was a lot, a lot of work. And now I relish in it when I have it. And I know when I do work hard that at the end of that, I'm going to give myself that break where I just sleep or I just eat whatever I want or I, whatever it is that I feel I need the day I wake up, I do it. And that has been a great gift. Hmm. Do you feel like you're in a, in a really good place in your life right now? It sounds really like good. it. it sounds I, like you I've never so felt much. better. I've never felt more connected to my purpose, to my self, to 
all of life in because of my connection to myself. It's excellent. And I, I've heard a lot of women say, you know, that they're kind of they're their 40s were their best years. And I I get it now. I'm like, oh, this is what everyone's been talking about. You know, I think in your 20s, you have all certainly all through your teens. And in your 20s, you have these insecurities. And and then, you know, you feel really alone with them because you're like, oh, I'm feeling this. And you don't have enough experience to recognize that other people are feeling that too. And then you hit your 30s and you start sharing it more because you're like, oh God, how do I move through this? I'm so tired of feeling alone in this. And then you realize, oh, other people have these insecurities and you feel less alone in your insecurities. And then in your 40s, you're like well into like, yep, insecurities are a part of life. And how do I choose <laughs> to look at this, deal with it? Pema Chodron is a an author that I love. And one of the books oh, I, I read of hers, her, and I forget, yeah. I, I don't, it's... Uh, it's like either the places that scare you is my my instinct. It came from that book, but I read all of her books. But it says, it talks about pushing into the sharp edges. And when you push into the sharp edges and you realize that they hurt, but they're not going to take you down. They're not going to kill you. And so for me, every single day, I push into the sharp edges, whatever that is, whether it's, you know, um, facing a fear or making that phone call that's been hard or calling that relative that, you know, I know that I need to, to, to be honest with or friend or whatever it is, really doing something every day that makes me realize that those things, those insecurities, those fears won't take you down. In fact, you push into it and you realize you can you can you can overcome it. Like it it, it and and it makes you feel stronger and more confident. It's so true. I think it's from uh when things fall apart maybe because I I, yes. I I haven't read That's all right. of the books but too and I, I really recognize that that piece it was a long time ago I, I thought of that pushing into the sharp edges it's it's so true so absolutely true and I mean same with anything yeah. that's really dark and heavy and I feel like a lot of us especially in this day and age I mean with with movies and media and social media everyone seems to be portraying this really perfect easygoing fantastic life so we're kind of conditioned to look for all the easy things all the time. You know, we don't want to feel pain. We don't want to feel sad. We don't want to feel anxious. We just want the happy, happy, happy. And I think by doing that only and never pausing to push into those places or to sit with the pain or the sadness or the insecurity, they just grow. And I yeah, think sometimes and that it's, 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 it's so true. And I, I think that Sometimes it feels so scary. I mean, you know, when you really push into that one specific place too that you know you have to push into, sometimes it can feel like you're going to die. I mean, it can be that scary for some people. And I've had those moments where I'm like, oh my God, this is so scary because it triggers whatever that thing is. And it's different for everyone, right? But what's not different is that we all have that feeling. And so it's just a part of life. And what's great is when you come out the other side, like I said, you're, you're, you're stronger for it because it didn't take you down. It, the, your greatest fear didn't happen. It, it, it wasn't the end of you. And um, there's so much beauty in that. So much. Do you have a a reoccurring theme of struggles or sharp edges that you find that you have to lean into again and again? 
am super, I mean, I don't know if this is my, what like, oh, what I have to lean into, but it's a reminder that I have to remind myself because I think you, I'm, I'm such a go-getter and I'm such a like, come on, come on, that I have to recognize not everyone's like that and not everyone likes that speed. And I have a, you know, a group of people around me because I, I have this acting career, but I have my clothing line. And so I'm the CEO of a bunch of people. And it's great because I can hire people and I can give them a job. And I'm, I, it makes me feel so happy that I'm giving them this opportunity. And then turn, they're giving me an opportunity to see this dream realized. But I have to also, as a CEO, be cognizant that everyone has their own speed in which to get things done. So for me, that's the sharp edge in that is to always check myself and say, is this your speed or their speed? You hired them for a reason. You've got to trust that they're doing their job and that it's going to get done. But you still have to hit certain benchmarks, right? So that's a big balance for me and just trusting, really. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. There's nothing quite like having someone to lean on in hard times. We all need support in so many aspects of our lives. So ladies, if there are some other things that do need support, it comes in an epic form with the bras from Third Love. Third Love has created the most revolutionary, comfy and supportive bras imaginable. Using millions of real women's measurements, they took breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. They offer double the number of sizes that most brands offer, an incredible 70 sizes with cups from A to H, including exclusive half cup sizes and bands up to 48. You can easily find the perfect one for you by taking Third Love's Fit Finder quiz and you'll be among 12 million women who have found their perfect size to date. Their team of expert fit stylists are also dedicated to helping you find the right bra for you and they are available every day via text, chat or phone. In 60 seconds your order can be placed on its way to your house. With Third Love, the details make the difference, from premium fabrics to expert design. They use ultra-soft fabrics, lightweight memory foam cups, straps that won't slip, and tagless labels to avoid itching to create the most comfortable bra you'll ever wear. You have 60 days to wear your bra, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Try a Third Love bra today and put comfort and yourself first. You might even forget you're wearing it. If you don't agree, returns and exchanges are always easy and free. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra out there for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heart right now and find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heart for 15% off today. Tell us a little bit about mission statement, how uh, your, your clothing line is. It's that an insane amount of work <laughs> to start and run yes. your own line well, of clothing. You know, and I, I knew it was going to be an insane amount of work, but I, here's a, a really, um, for me, a big, a big, big moment in my life. So when my dad got sick and they gave him three years to live if he didn't get a lung transplant, and and I knew I was really the his, the what the person that had the the blessing to be able to take time off work to help him. It was scary to walk away from this thing that defined me. I've acted every year of my life since I was 15 years old. I've never not worked as an actor, and walking away from that, um, it was. It was scary. 
I, but it was also that I was saying yes to something else. It wasn't that I was saying just no to jobs. I was saying yes to this other part of my life that needed me. That felt good. But the scary part was that, that acting had always defined me. So I always talk about when I give, you know, if I go into schools or mostly when I speak to young people, I always talk about that you have a choice every day in how you want to live your life. Figure out what it is you want to do and make a choice every day to work towards that. Or you have a choice to react to how things come at you. You have a choice in how you want to learn or learn, you know, from your mistakes. You have a choice in how you want to treat people. You have a choice in how you want to treat yourself. And so one of the things I always say with people when they're going after their dreams is don't let the circumstances hold you back. And so here I am all of a sudden in a position where I'm spending every day at the hospital, I'm cooking my dad his meals, I'm then back at the hospital with him my all my days. And I was like, okay, well, how how can I also be creative in this time? Because being creative is my life source. This is what I do. This is what I was born to do. And I thought, well, I've always wanted to create this clothing line. So I can sit here and work on that. I can sit in a hospital after I've hung out with my dad and he's resting and I can do that. I have a choice that I can use this time for that. And that's what I did. And that's how Mission Statement was born. And the idea of it was really, and an it's something that I was needing in my life. I was really tired of going around in athleisure clothes because I like to exercise in my morning and then I go into my day and I was like, but I don't want to look like I'm working out. And I felt like athleisure had kind of hit this ceiling and I wanted to create this thing that was more luxurious. So I'm calling it Lux Leisure. And it's really for the modern day woman to take you from throughout your day, from morning until you know, evening, even a cocktail party. You put on heels, you travel in it, you can sleep in it. It doesn't wrinkle. It's luxurious cashmere that's made in the same factories that Hermes and Prada and Chanel produce with the same cashmere, but a quarter of the price. So it's really affordable luxury and not having to sacrifice comfort for luxury as well. And But the underlying purpose of the brand is to encourage women to live their own personal mission statement and talk about all the things that we're talking about, essentially. The, the pieces, they all look, look beautiful. Is there a, was there a, a, a big challenge in creating that that you didn't anticipate? Because I find I'm, yes. I'm, I'm a little bit similar <laughs> in terms of ideas. And if I have downtime, I sit there and I'm like, oh my God, I could, I could do this right now. And then I throw something out there. And then the year after, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Did not expect yes. this. I definitely jumped into this with exactly with like, I jumped all in. And of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, you could look back at anything and say, oh, if I could do it again, I would do it like this, like this. But life, as they say, is not a dress rehearsal and you just got to kind of go in. <laughs> I left high school with two years left. I got my high school equivalency um, and my GED and stuff, but I didn't finish, you know, proper school and I didn't go to college. So I don't have any business experience outside of the business obviously, that I've been in since I was 15 as an actor, which is a pretty tough business. And also learning how to maneuver that has been a challenge. But there were so many parallels from acting to this, like with starting with an idea and having to find artisans to get that idea to it, you know, to, 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 to its, its, on its feet and, and then selling it like we sell movies. And there were so many parallels, but I'd never been in the world of fundraising, 
go out and fundraise because I have always had, you know, an independent or studio or a studio to fund my movies. So it was it was it was definitely a crash course in business that I probably would have navigated differently. I kind of went build it and it'll come. So I went and I just started creating these clothes and dealing with factories without having done my fundraising. So I had to like hurry up and fundraise, which was a bit stressful. <laughs> a deadline is usually a really good good way to get things done. <laughs> I, I like exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, working in, in Hollywood, I'm, I'm sure that you say it's been, a, of course, a, a pretty tough business to be in. Is it as crazy as it looks from the outside? Yes, it is. And now that I've had 28 years in the business, I think I can definitely say it is. And I've seen it change so much in that time. And like any business changes, and you really have to set your own boundaries. And it's a, that's a good analogy in life too, because you, you know, sometimes we work, a 12-hour day is a short day. 15 hours is normal, but you can work up to 18-hour days. The last movie I did, I worked a 21-hour day. And you know, you, they'll just really run you into the ground. And, and that's like, I get it. Like we're, 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 everyone's in there and they're all, everyone's working hard and everyone's giving their all and everyone wants to see this vision to the screen. But then like when it comes time to selling it and, you know, you really have to just make sure you're finding that time for you because no one's going to find it. And I think also just remembering that constructive criticism is wonderful. And there's other types of criticism that is just flat out someone's opinion. And you have to know how to find balance that difference and understand that someone's always going to have something to say about you. It, but what's the value you have on yourself? And don't let that define you, right? We really need more than ever now to define ourselves. Right. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to find or to learn how to listen with those different ears. You know, is this constructive criticism? Can I open my, my mind and grow from it? Or does everything feel like critique? And, you know, it's, it's really hard to listen with that ear. You, uh, you, you spoke a few times about your purpose. Do you have or do you feel like you have a very defined purpose in life right now? Yeah, I do. I, 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 my, I, my purpose is storytelling and whatever form that takes. And I find that growing up, I, I grew up in a lower socioeconomic background. So I learned classism at a really young age. And it was really unfortunate because, you know, a kid doesn't know any difference and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you grew up in a trailer park. It doesn't matter, you know, how much monetary uh, things you have or you know, that your family has. And when you're a kid, all that's important is that connection and food and love. And I had that, but I, having learned that so young, um, being told, you know, you know, you can't play with our kids at seven years old is when I remember it. I'm sure it was happening earlier, but really? thinking like, what? I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. It didn't make any sense to me. And so at that young age, we've all felt like an outsider at some point in our life, but it was that age that I felt like an outsider. So I remember through our trailer park, a bookmobile would come through it and it would be this RV full of books and you could take a book out and then, you know, they'd come back and you, it's like a mobile library. And I remember 
having this relationship with the books, walking in and smelling it and loving it and feeling like I it was a place I belonged. And when I read these books, these characters were feeling things that I felt so I didn't feel as alone in my my experiences. And then I saw movies like The Elephant Man and The Miracle Worker and even The Wizard of Oz where these people felt like they had to find something outside of them to make them whole and I could relate to that. And so I I started at like eight or nine years old acting in the school plays and because these characters made me feel so good and like they were my friends and that's where my acting started. And and so for me, storytelling is my life. It's what connects us. It makes us realize that we're all one people and, and you hear that it's universal, the universal language and it is because we, anyone in any, no matter what language you speak, no matter what your race, creed, gender, we all know what those feelings are that characters are feeling. And that to me is my biggest joy. There's no but more joy I have when I'm on a set and I'm collaborating with all these artisans to tell a story that connects us and makes us either learn from what we're seeing or connect and feel less alone from what we're seeing all while being entertained. It's really special. And it's one of the the things that I have the most gratitude for. And every time I get to be on a set, I just take it in and know that, you know, this is, I get to live my calling. What a great, great thing. And it's, it's, it's so obvious that, that you really are. And I'm sure that's how you can work a 21 hour day and then go back and do it again the next day. For someone yeah. who who might be, you know, in that similar place where you were as a as a kid or as a teenager, maybe with a very defined purpose or passion, but feeling very very far away from that goal right now, do you have any any tips or words of advice you yeah. would give to someone looking to fulfill that dream, whatever it is? I absolutely I do. It's so imperative to understand that first of all, let me say that Even with the success that I have, I never rest on my laurels. I always want to grow, learn, and be better at my craft. And so I'm always looking for ways in which to do that. And I'm never knocking an opportunity to grow. And I think it's super important that anyone understands that nothing worthwhile comes easy. Nothing. And it's so easy to want to give up. It's so easy to say, oh my gosh, I can't. And when that happens, just to sit down for a second, collect yourself, take a breath, meditate, go, you know, rest, or just know that when that happens to me, it's usually because I'm tired and understanding yourself, learning yourself, but really preparing yourself for when that opportunity comes. Because you know that great saying that the definition of luck is when preparation meets with opportunity? Mm. It's so true. And if you're not ready when that happens, you're going to miss a moment. That doesn't mean it's not going to come around again, but be ready. And that means just whatever it is that you're going after, wake up every day, make a choice to make it happen and work towards that. And then You know, don't look at a setback as a negative. I've learned so much from setbacks. I've been fired from jobs that I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough for this. Like it, it was, you know, a 
TV show that no one was even watching anymore and I was fired. But two months later, I got Boys Don't Cry, which was a big pivotal moment in my career. So, you know, always not not looking so hard at the door that closed that you miss the door over here that's in front of you that's open waiting for you to walk through it. And just persevering. Perseverance is everything. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Hiring used to be so hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, confusing review process, especially for my business. I have workers all around the globe in Sweden, Aruba, the US. It can be so hard to know if I've reached that special candidate when I have an opportunity open. But today, hiring can be made easy. You only have to go to one place to get it all done. ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. Put your job posting on ZipRecruiter and they send your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards. It's as simple as that, but yet they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. So if you're worried about not reaching that perfect match, rest easy knowing that ZipRecruiter is looking for you. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That leaves your time for more important things like actually running your business with a great team. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Y-O-G-A. ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Never, ever, ever give up. It's... All those cliches, I mean, they're cliches for a reason. They're all true. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with so much, so much passion and conviction. I would love, I, I, right before we started um, this podcast, uh, or I was DMing you about your little moon baby and all her little babies. <laughs> I would love to hear about the Hilaru Foundation and your love for dogs. How many do you have? Yes. Are you one of those crazy dog people who have an abundance of dogs always? Or do you have... Rules. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, first of all, your your goat and all your animals when you're doing yoga and how it jumps on your back and like chickens and dogs and I love that. I was like, oh my god, I gotta rescue a goat. She um, she got really heavy. She can't. Yeah, she can still do it. She'll jump on my husband. <laughs> she can't get I on can't your back anymore. anymore. No. <laughs> Uh, Hillaroo was born out of this deep sadness I had when my late dog Karoo died. This dog touched my heart in a place that most humans can't. And a lot of animals do that because they're just so unconditional in their love and they don't care about anything except being with you and loving you and that companionship and being a pack. And I learned that when I was young, you know, when I was when I was feeling like an outsider, all I ever asked for was a dog every Christmas, every birthday. And I really, I never got one. And then when I moved out at 18, I went to the Humane Society, I went to my local shelter and I rescued my first dog. And then I met Carew a few years later, I was doing a movie in South Africa in the Karoo. That's how she got her name. And this dog was like 
just the most extraordinary soul. I mean, most dogs are, but this dog and I had a special bond. Like I've never really had with a, I've had strong bonds with others, but so she passed away prematurely right before, or as a lot of people say, exactly how she should have. A lot of different type of healers will say, well, no, that's exactly when she was supposed to. It was premature for you because you weren't ready for it, but she was not even seven. So it was really unexpected. And I thought, oh my gosh, what do I do with this? pain. This is so, I, I can't take it. I, I just, it's so much. And I thought, how can I have Karu's spirit live on? And I was thinking of the bond and what that meant to me and how much that helps me in my life. And I thought, wow, there are so many underprivileged and underserved children in this world, way more underserved than I ever was. And I thought, I'm going to bring kids who have been given up on and animals who have been abandoned together to help heal each other. Because if this has helped me in my scale, I can't imagine how it could help other children. So that's how Hillary was born, which is Hillary and Carew, our names put together. And it has far exceeded my expectations. And it will forever be the most important thing that I'm ever a part of. And to see these kids. Um, most of them, I started working with foster home kids, kids who are looking for their forever homes. And then I started working with group home kids who got forced out of the foster care program for a myriad of reasons. And I saw this instant bond. They, they, they connect with these dogs who have been kicked to the curb like they feel they have. And that moment of recognition that both of them are looking for their forever homes creates a bond that is so special and it reconnects them to their feelings that they've disconnected with because their feelings are too painful. But this gives them a, play, a, 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 a feeling of joy and meaning and a seed of hope. It gives them a reason to wake up in the morning because they have to go and take care of their dog at Hillary camp. They're seen. They feel like they've been seen and it changes lives. I mean, it, it absolutely does. I know anyone listening who is an animal lover or, or has a dog knows this feeling so, so well. Do you think that certain dogs are destined for certain people? Because I also, I've, I've, I have, I have three dogs right now. We've had a, we had four and I started my own animal rescue after Sergeant Pepper, who was not my first dog, but my first dog that kind of was like a truck ran into my chest type connection with an animal and I love all my animals you know to death but there was something so special there do you see that also with these kids that they are we have so much in common you just said it more succinctly and I think much better than I did about how it how Carew wasn't my first dog but it was like that too it was like this um just arrow right into my heart and I do think that animals find us or choose us too we don't just choose them I mean there's been times where you know I'm 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 Carew was part corgi so I was like I'm gonna rescue a corgi again because I just think that you know that corgis are the best and I would go to an animal rescue and look for corgis and they would kind of just look at me and walk away like I'm not really that interested oh my God. in you I why did are that you too. <laughs> I did that too. So when we when we lost, you did the when same? I lost Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, and I found a dog that looked exactly like him, and I called my husband crying, and I said, you know, I found Pepper reincarnated in another dog, and I brought him <laughs> home, and he tried to kill our goat. It was a traumatic experience, and oh, we had to you're we had like, to find wait, another wait. foster. I know. <laughs> I was like, okay, 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 okay. Oh. It's not always the same, you know. <laughs> 
Well, I also Um, feel like it's so interesting. Like I had a dog that I rescued and she passed away um, a year and a half ago and her name was Rumi after the great poet. And um, she was known as a runner. Like she, when I found her at a shelter and they were like, you know, she runs away. And not, not once did she try and run away from me. And I think that she was running because it wasn't where she was meant to be. And mm. I always find that interesting that, you know, she, when we found each other, she chose to stay and it was her choice. You know, I mean, I clearly have a fence and all of that, um, but she was a little Houdini apparently and got away from the fences that she was in before and the such. And, you know, it was just, she chose me. And that's, that's, I, I do believe in that. And you were just talking about Moon. Um, I found this uh, pregnant dog on a stretch of, of like 200 mile desolation. It was um, part Indian reservation and, I, she was just out there. It was 30 degrees. We got out of the car at the one gas station and she was just kind of hovering there. And it was on the super wolf blood moon that happened three weeks, three Sundays ago. And, um, she was so pregnant. She looked like a full moon. So I called her moon. And once she trusted me enough, she got into the car and, um, I brought her back and I work with a lot of grassroots rescues and I had a foster in place because you know I'm doing a million things and then all of a sudden this bond was so strong in that 12-hour drive home and I said oh I have to foster her I have to foster her and see this through and she's so trusting and you know the thing about dogs is they have they're so resilient and they have such forgiveness and they're so in the moment but they're just a reminder that of not living in the past and not harboring any resentment. They're just like, okay, you found me. I'm so grateful to you. And now she's here and she had her babies a week ago and they're just so scrumptious. I've never seen a dog go through giving birth and then being a mother and watching that instinct. And it's just it's beautiful. It's so great. And I'm, it's just, they're, they're all fosters and we'll find homes for them. But this is just so wonderful to be a part of. It's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's it's hard to to foster a mom with a litter of puppies and to not have a foster failure. I, I know from experience, those puppies, when they grow bigger, you're going to be like, oh, I'll, I'll just keep one. Okay, no, that one. No, this one. <laughs> that's, that's I know. The and the mama part. and I am so bonded already. So I... I, I know. I'm, I'm, by the way, I am a foster failure too. I have one, another one here that we've fostered <laughs> and failed. So I have a feeling too, that we were going to have four dogs just like you very soon. <laughs> it comes mm. with the job. Thank you mm. so much for sharing this, this, yeah, your amazing, amazing words of advice and your genuine heart and soul. And I just, I just, I feel like we, we just had a cup of tea on a couch. I don't feel like we are a thousand miles apart at all. I know. Thank you for coming too. on the show. I'm so happy to to talk to you and I um look forward to many more discussions with you as we grow and evolve in our lives and um just I wish you all the best. Give your little sweet mini you a kiss. She's so that that story you posted today, she her <laughs> smile is you. I mean, she is exactly you, a mini you. She uh her nickname is Little Moon. So you have a little moon and I have a little moon. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, how cute. I love that connection. So many great connections. So many, so many. Well, have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Hillary. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and a huge thanks to my amazing guest, Hilary Swank. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com or on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work and thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Ritual, Third Love, and ZipRecruiter. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.